Hey everybody, it's January 9th, 2019, and welcome to the very first episode of the Shutter Button Project. I'm your host, James R. Zygmunt. This is a project I've been very excited about recording and producing for quite a while now, and I look forward to doing these, you know, every every couple of weeks or so. I'm really excited. My main goal for the project is to, uh, you know, in each episode, talk about some practical and creative information about a particular subject, you know, things like lighting or building a portfolio that beginners and intermediate photographers alike can both look to as a resource in a very short format. My hope is that at the end of every episode, you'll be able to walk away with some actionable steps that you can actually take right away and hopefully integrate into your workflow into your regular hobby and professional work. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about gearing up as a beginner photographer. This is going to be for those uh, photographers or those aspiring photographers rather that don't yet have a camera or they're just using their cell phone and they're looking to make their first major purchase, which would be their, ver- their very first major step into the world of uh, professional photography. I'm going to be talking about how to prepare a budget for your first setup, how to research the equipment you want to buy, places to find and compare prices, as well as a few helpful tips for just before and just after you buy. When you're preparing a budget, there's a few major things you're going to have to consider. But first and foremost, the, the ultimate decision really lies with how much money you have to spend. Uh, thankfully, nowadays, uh, for beginner photographers, at least, it's definitely a buyer's market. There's so much variety and so many options when it comes to beginner cameras. Uh, there's so many brands and so many specialized camera bodies that anything that you really want to work on, anything you want to focus on, you have the option to get it at a you know reasonably cheap price. You also have the option of purchasing a kit or a, a bundle, uh, you know, usually from a, a third-party retailer like Amazon or something like that. Um, I, I might advise to stay away from those, however, because even though, you know, it sounds a little counterintuitive, why would you not buy the kit when the kit comes with everything? Uh, my reasoning is that I think the kit comes with too much, and it's also a little bit too easy. I do think that, um, you know, finding and researching a camera body that fits your shooting style and your your goals is probably the most important, finding some online reviews and some reliable online resources to uh, you know study and research the right equipment right from the beginning will get you more familiar with the camera before you even get it in your hands. And you'll also be a little more familiar with a lot of the features that the camera has. It can try and inspire some ideas. And I do think that the kits come with a lot of overloaded nonsense. Sometimes it's too much. It can definitely overload uh, or be a little overwhelming for a new photographer when they're just getting their first bit of equipment. In the end, I think the main thing to consider is really if you want Amazon to do the research for you or if you want to take charge of your photography experience right from the get-go. When it comes to budgeting, the only limit really is how much you have to spend, but it's up to you to do the research to find out how much you can stretch that budget to meet your needs and find the very best deal for you. Uh, Now you might be asking yourself, how do I find the camera gear that's right for me? And, you know, that is an excellent question I mentioned. You know, doing some online research and finding, you know, finding some online reliable resources. But how do you get started from square one when you have you know, little to no knowledge about photography. And how do you actually find the right camera that fits both your budget and your goals? One of the uh, the very best places to actually start your research is by using websites like Google and YouTube, like I had mentioned before. Uh, you know, using searches like beginner camera guide and beginner camera gear, you're going to be able to find countless channels and articles showcasing a variety of personalities and styles and gear options. And it's really up to you to put in the time and the effort to find sources that highlight and revolve around the, you know, the, your personal goals. For example, if you're interested in both photography and videography, you might want to include the words videography or vlog in your searches so that you get the most relevant results. You know, adding more specific keywords to your searches will help develop a more focused idea of what gear suits your needs. And after a little while, and you know, after you do some research, you're going to start seeing a few brand names and recommendations that, you know, get commonly referenced by different personalities 
And hopefully that can further narrow down your search and it can give you some ideas of what equipment you really, really want to get started with. Another side benefit of researching your gear is that you're going to start picking up on some important vocabulary and terms that will help you get a foothold when you start practicing shooting as well as when you're just, you know, uh, continuing to find the equipment you want to buy initially. Uh, if you don't have much experience with photography and, you know, you're just learning some of these new terms, some of this new vocabulary, it's going to be very, very helpful for you to hear it in a very practical, very, you know, uh, uh, you know, an informative sense. You know, after you're, uh, you know, after some time and you've found the gear options that you've, uh, you've decided to make your final choice on, uh, it's time to really start shopping around and finding the right retailer to get you the best deal that you can find. Um, I mentioned before that uh, you want to stretch your budget as best as you can, and you only have so much money to spend. Um, thankfully, there is, a, you know, in the age of the internet, there's a wide variety of retailers and online stores that you can use to look up and compare prices for the equipment you're looking to buy. Um, they range from big familiar names like Amazon and Walmart to professional retailers like B&H Photo Video and Adorama. Um, there are also websites that will let you purchase used and refurbished gear like eBay and Craigslist. And you can even buy your items directly from the brand or manufacturer if you're choosing, but usually they're listed at full market price unless there's a special sale going on. Uh, one of the things I would actually really consider and I would really recommend you do is to really consider the fact of whether or not you feel the need to buy new or used, or even refurbished for that matter. I think buying new has a few advantages like reliability and cleanliness, but buying used or refurbished can save you money that you can, you know, it opens up your budget to buy other equipment. In the end, it really depends on your budget and your comfort level with the gear you're buying. Um, but I do think buying refurbished has its advantages for being inexpensive, and usually uh, buying used and refurbished gear is not too much of a detriment. Um, if you're buying used directly from someone, then it might require some cleaning. Uh, however, if you're buying refurbished from a manufacturer or from an online retailer, I usually think those are not as bad. They're usually just as good as new. One thing uh, that I cannot stress enough, however, and I cannot, uh, cannot tell you to avoid enough, is buying anything on credit or financing your purchase. Um, and one final thing is also, you know, buying directly from untested sellers or buying from, you know, not very reliable sellers. It's very easy to get caught up in the excitement of buying your first camera, but, you know, these are really surefire ways to let bad luck kind of factor into the equation. You never want to be caught missing a payment or carrying a balance or, you know, just finding out that your gear is less than trustworthy. It's, it's, it's always best to buy, uh, you know, buying from a legitimate source that you know is legitimate. Um, and also, uh, you know, not buying on credit because, you know, buying on credit and financing your first purchase, if you don't have the money and you're not making money from your photography, it's, it's just a bad idea. So make sure you save up money, save up for what you're going to buy. Don't overextend. Always stay within your means. Now, uh, after you've actually bought your gear and you're ready to shoot, uh, you know, you, you're, you've got everything that you need to start practicing. However, uh, before you jump out the front door and you start taking pictures of everything, including the kitchen sink, there's a few things that I would like to recommend to you. Um, you know, first, I would suggest writing down the model and serial numbers of everything that you buy. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's the smallest component or the largest component. Um, you know, write it down in a text file that's synced to the cloud. You know, there are lots and lots of different pieces of software and lots of services that let you do this. Um, I can recommend iCloud or Dropbox or any other cloud backup service, as long as you always have uh, access to it. Um, it's important in case you ever lose your equipment or if your gear gets stolen. And it's really one of the only ways that you can prove that you own the equipment. So I, I always, whenever I buy a new piece of gear, is I, uh, I get the model number, I get the date that I purchased it, as well as uh, the order number, if I can, if I bought it online. And then I write down the serial number. Uh, and then it's just, it's, it's really one of the safest ways to really ensure that you can get your gear back if it's lost and found. 
or if it gets stolen and found again. Next, after you've done that, I would definitely recommend looking up a video guide for setting up your camera's basic settings. Uh, using the advice of professionals, you're going to be able to smooth out a lot of the bumpier parts of using a new camera. When uh, you know, if you're buying a brand new camera right out of the box, sometimes they come with some you know unconvenient features, and listening to a professional and following their advice on how to set up that particular body or that particular lens is going to really make it easier on you for when you're uh, you know when you're out shooting because you don't want to be caught in any kind of bumps. You really just want to get out there and be able to shoot without any kind of the without any of the real hangups that are going to prevent you from doing that. This is also just as important if you're buying used or refurbished because uh, you know if if that camera that you're buying used is preloaded with another photographer's settings, they may have been using settings that are not con you know not conventional or they might be inconvenient to you. And it's usually a good idea to just get familiar with the settings in your camera right from the get-go. And uh, finally, I think uh, you know one thing that I would absolutely recommend is uh, setting a short-term realistic goal for yourself to just get started with shooting. I, I, you know, I think something along the lines of telling yourself, I will shoot 100 photos by the end of the week, or I will pick two new subjects to practice shooting with each day. Uh, is, uh, you know, those are very short, very basic, reasonable goals that you can set for yourself, and they give you some direction that really, you know, it, it's basically giving yourself homework to get out there and just getting the feel for your camera, getting a feel for your shooting style, getting a feel of you know moving around with the camera, getting used to the grips, getting used to the buttons, um, all of that. It's a really good way to just get started. Anyway, that concludes today's episode. Uh, I hope all you listeners out there were able to learn something you hadn't before and are interested in hearing some episodes from the series in the future. Uh, once again, my name is James R. Sigmon. This has been the Shutter Button Podcast. I'm very excited for the upcoming episodes. You know, I'm really excited for this project. And, um, you know, I will I will see you guys in the next one. Thank you.